face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, Sir Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Dragon in human form. Oh, it's not to say, can you do that without the suit? I can. Oh. It's trademark. <laughs> and, you know, again, as we've all established, when I look like this, I put my human suit on and my many layers of multicolored dragon. <laughs> and we're, we're here, but... It's weird because there's no new Star Trek to talk about for the first time in what feels like... I don't it know. Feels a, it feels a long time since we've had no new Trek ons. Yeah, nothing. That's, that's the thing. I was like, look, if oh. I just going to watch reruns, then then what's the point in putting on the dragon, well, uh, you know, my full <laughs> dragon regalia? Well, we were just saying, like, it's not that there's just no new Star Trek. There's no new Star Wars. There's no new Marvel. There's none of the big... Well, you know, you call them the big three franchises, and all of them are on a break at the moment. Yeah. You know why that is, Elliot? Because that finale of Picard just buried the lot of them. That's like, true. That's it's just, there's yeah. just no fin it. There's we no point. Like, yeah. We tried with the, the finale of Mando, which was, I will say it again, was really good, but it was never going to beat Picard. It, it's like I say, any other week that been its finale, everyone would have been talking about it, but it yeah. just got lost. Yeah. And, and it was a, it was really I I can't understand well, it it was a great episode just Picard was always going to be better with everything it was bringing to the table it, uh, like as I said last week you the nailed the final of Picard you don't get that often that doesn't happen oh. in many shows where they absolutely nail something. Very quick bit of Trek news. Uh, two things, oh. actually. One, if you haven't seen it, do check out anyone the uh, video. There's a video which someone's mocked up of the uh, Enterprise D source yeah, section yeah, being yeah. salvaged. Oh, and what comes that. out at the end? Absolutely amazing. I, I think I shared it with you guys. I don't know. Yeah, what, we did. It, but, Just um, before we move on from that, what what are they getting at with that? Because it kind of flashes back to Spock looking like motion picture Spock. So are they saying that's a vision he had from Vija or something? Uh, I, I think that would no, I think that was an unfortunate choice of where they picked him from. However, the kind of like the no, whoever did it is working, it's amazing. He's got the uniform on and his hair changes to be I, I think they I think they just picked that version of him. I think the idea is it is Spock kind of going to sell yeah, no, I, um, like, remain like I got we mean I've got the Rodenbury archives, the DVD released mm. quite a few years ago now. And I just wondered if there was another another one coming out out of the column that you're the archives. Because I've seen other things where they're showing the Enterprises A to Z and Ooh. stuff. You know what? And this is just absolute crazy speculation. But if you're going to do another Roddenberry Archives box set, remaster a couple of DS9 and Voyagers just to test it out, see how well it sells, and when it sells like hotcakes, do the whole show. Yeah. Well, didn't they? They've done that with one of them. They, I'm sure they did it. They with did. They no. They did um, a battle sequence for the what we left behind no, movie, but they've not no, done a full. The, the remastered all next gen. Yeah. Thank you. 
Uh, Sorry, and the they, they re-cut it with the widescreen as well. Yeah, they try claiming things like, oh, well, it, it didn't make as much profit as we expected on Blu-ray. And uh, me and James were talking about this last weekend, as it happens. And we were saying, like, yeah, it might not have made quite the profit you expected. It made a profit. Yeah. <laughs> so it made a profit anyway, so they didn't lose money. But then you've got what's happening about all the... Uh, TV stations that have picked it up. What about the streaming services that have picked it up? And what you've made from that? So well, they just know they can sell it on the old versions for that. It's cheaping out. I mean, it's yeah, like, like you say, even if they're making a slim profit, why not give that to the fans? If you're exactly. making a profit, you're not losing anything. Just yeah. do it. Fuck it. Oh, and then you've what? got it for all time. It always will look good. You know, it'll be the high res of today is, is very easy to res up as you go. Whereas yeah. if you're starting from those old ones where it was like square format. You know what? DS9, DS9 was shot in widescreen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so was it next was gen. Yeah. Next gen, when they re-released them, they painfully recut it with the widescreen angle to match the cut, which they did. Like, they could have recut it anyway, but they cut it exactly frame for frame how they did on the original releases from scratch. It was such a painstaking thing. You have to, like, hats off to them. And come on, make some profit, you have, profits. Come on. You don't have to do that with DS9. That's what I'm saying. DS9 is already in that format. All you're doing is, is cleaning it up and, re- and redoing special But I thought, I thought the cut was in square. Oh. Format. No, it no, is, but, yeah, but, the, but the original the actual negatives are in No, 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 that's screen. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The next generation was as well. But when they cut it, they the saved version of it, basically, is in that square format. So to re-release it, you have to re-cut it from scratch from the original files. Mm-hmm. That's what they had to do with Next Gen anyway. I, I, I saw this thing about it. Yeah. Again, I, I think it's amazing work. And if they can do it and still make a profit, just do it. Yeah, like, exactly. get some fans on it. You know fans what? Kickstarter it. Put it on Kickstarter <laughs> if you're worried about your profit margins. And anyway, yeah, we just on. get the DVDs at the end of it. And well, the other bit was just um, before we. Well, yeah, I think we'd all buy it Blu-ray, high what? high res. I, like my TV is up for is you. Well, you remember you weren't going to help me pick up my TV. Did so indeed. you know how I've had this TV a long time. <laughs> The other so one just very quick- upgrade. <laughs> the other one very quickly, just because uh, a lot of people have spoken about Laris kind of suddenly disappearing after the beginning mm-hmm. of the uh, uh, card, uh, the third series. Um, there was yeah uh, an article. It was completely clickbait about one line which Maitlis or two lines which Maitlis <coughs> said. However, I think it's kind of uh, interesting that the lines which he said. He basically said that. Um, Essentially, they didn't have the money and time to do reshoots, which is much like a lot of people speculated. And even if they did, to go back for that, uh, the chances are that she would have gone back to Belfast by then and you'd have to fly her back out. So it wasn't... So basically, it's production reasons, as we kind of all suspected, but kind of he's confirmed that. Just because I know a lot of people have raised that point. Well, and to be honest with you, I think including at the beginning see, was, I, was I, their I, way of just wrapping up that story and not. I have seen the meme that she did die on her way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Was. Yeah, I shared that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. But yeah, I, I think just including at the beginning was a nice way of just a little bit including her into it. Also, Terry um, Metal has said that number one, the dog was a changeling. So, yeah, there you go. Spin off. That's series. why you don't say the changeling. I see number one. I, I think they still should have just said, like, like in, in total earnest. Well, look, the actor died, so we retired the character. I think that is uh, genuinely. 
Well, that's like, what Willow says. There has been anyway. a Star Trek Legacy Day because they're trying to get oh, people yeah, yeah, yeah. to... Oh, yeah, we talked about um, it last week. Well, interestingly, uh, there's more people sort of signing to Paramount that they want the Star Trek Legacy than what signed for Strange New Worlds that they wanted the pipe Ooh, scene. Interesting. And look, and look how fast uh, they suddenly went, oh, we are doing the pipe seat. Pike show, oh, not a I, Section 31 show. Like, I'm not being funny, but how many people have you heard say, oh, yeah, we're really looking forward to an Academy show, we want an Academy show, but how many people are going, we want more of this, we want more legacy? Quite, quite frankly, look, that last series as a whole, but especially that last episode, was kind of basically just saying, it's like, look, if we get the viewing figures, we want to do it. <coughs> And they got the viewing figures in spade. It was the yeah. top streaming for the first time ever for Next Generation show. It's yeah. ten, like for a Star Trek show, pardon me. Um, yeah, it's it's going to happen. There, there is just not a doubt. I just, I, I'm, I am actually genuinely confused why they haven't confirmed it yet. That's me as a fanboy. It's just, it's. I think it, I think it's because they've gone to Alan Kurtzman. Yeah, you can make your Academy show, and the work, and the sort of like pass, and the top execs are passing it around the office, going pulling straws, going right. Who's going to tell Kurtzman that this one is getting pushed down the line as well for another five five years and then we'll let him have a TV movie of it? Elliot, oh, come on. Like, they care. They'd be like, uh, yeah, it's not happening. Fuck it. You know, they just, they would be. I think they're going to do both. I don't see why everyone. I I don't care. Discovery is wrapping up. Yeah, Discovery's yeah. wrapping up, so they'll have Strange New Worlds, Legacy, and Academy. We've had three live action up until this point, so carry and, on. Uh, and to be fair, Academy would probably be a cheaper show to make. I mean, the, the only thing... Because it'd be much get... set in one, play, one set, mm. set of I mean, sets. I get kind of moving out your announcements and you've got a lot of new Trek already happening, but it's like... Why not just announce it's been greenlit? Just, just do it while while everyone's talking about next generation. Probably because they don't want what happened with the fourth JJ Abrams movie to happen, where they say we've got a green light, it's coming out next Christmas, and then the actors go, "Oh, is it? Right, that's going to cost you." Oh yeah, sign them up for. It. But why they haven't already signed them up to a three-year deal for it? They should have done that when Odin Picard is like, look, if this goes, are you interested? And I can't believe they haven't. Again, again, they we'll knew see. what they were trying to do here. But shall we talk about Deep Space Nine? We've been threatening to get back to the Dominion War for. Ever it's the first day. time before I actually had do. to blow dust off oh, my necklace cue. Before we do, yes. I, I actually. Forgot to give my Easter egg on about um, seven of nine, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard this at the end of Picard when seven of nine is made the captain of the Enterprise G. She's the seventh captain of an Enterprise that has in the registry series, but it's also the ninth Enterprise that we've seen on screen. Yes, so, so she... seven of nine is seven. Seventh Enterprise of Nine, which I thought is a nice little Easter egg. It is. I wonder if it was intentional. I don't know. Of course it was bloody intentional. Yeah, I suppose so. Otherwise they'd have made it the Enterprise F, wouldn't they? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that is... uh, mm, I don't know. We'll ask. We'll ask Terry Matalus when he could get get hold of him, Squee, and have him on the Doctor Squee show, and we'll ask him. 
Yeah, I had to bump him a few times for other guests, like Chesney Hawks, but you know, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll get we'll get boss. And why wouldn't you? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we're looking. I mean, at... there's many Trek show producers, but Chesney really is the one. No, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I, I've resisted when I was talking to him. I'm not going to do it now. Sorry, over to you, Jim. Yeah. So we have coming back to the Dominion War with a really. This is possibly the most pivotal change. In the Dominion War arc, it's the one where where the actual war starts, really. Like, everything up until now has kind of been a prelude, but I remember this one at the time being a massive sea change for the show. And this is In Purgatory's Shadow and By Inferno's Light from Season 5. It changed everything. I have thought about this, and I think... These are my most two watched episodes of DS9. Because <laughs> I absolutely love these episodes. They are great. I mean, like, I've, re-watched it, I've re-watched it a couple of times this week. And I don't have to be concentrating on it. You know, like what we have with New Trek as much. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen it all so much before. It's not like, yeah, I remember that. I know what comes next. I know what comes next. Yeah. Pay me up, pay me up, pay me up. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> Yeah, the, the only ones out of the main cast who really don't get, um, like, because most of the cast get some really amazing moments. Dax, to a lesser degree, but, like, the only really ones who don't is uh, Kira's kind of in the background. Uh, O'Brien's got a few bits, but, like, most well, of them... Kira gets some nice ones as well. What are you thinking of with Kira? I can't... I'm thinking... Kira has said. Uh... Kira with uh, the cat when she's talking about Oh, yeah, she has a couple of then good Kira, cat bits. Oh, yeah, yeah, a few bits. Then, yeah, then, yeah, Kira, right. then Kira with the cat when, uh, when he becomes a turncoat, her immediate response to it. That's fair enough, but I would say still, like, you know, like O'Brien, like, still, they get a few nice moments, I think, but less. I, I think O'Brien and Dax have a lot less than Kira. Yeah, they do. But... I, I mean, I, I guess the, the the one which would... Well, anyway, we'll get into it. But, yeah, uh, I just love the fact that you do get so many scenes with so many of the crew get to be front and centre. They do a lot within two episodes. And, of course, you get, which what's always very enjoyable, and I think I'm OK saying this, you know what a fan I am of Sid and his acting, uh, Dr. Bashir himself, and when he right, gets to play an harsh villain right, version of the character, alert? when he plays an arch... <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, yeah. Spoiler and a thirty-year-old show. Shock. Why not? Um, but when he gets to play Arch in Deep Space Nine, oh man, man, he's like he will go to that well very heavily. He's... I mean, he's. he's he, he, I'm sorry, just to sort of like um, something I was thinking about a lot during this episode. This is why I really want him to appear in New Trek because. I think that he did a wonderful job, but he's talked to himself about the fact that it was one of his earliest acting jobs. He was still learning his craft. And and I think it's to do with the style of the acting and writing of the day, but he goes really large. And I think he could do a really amazing version like of Bashir, even better than he was at the end, which he was phenomenal in the role. I, I think you can see his progression as an actor here because if you look back to the season one episode the passenger where Bashir gets possessed uh, that he goes big on that one where it's like <laughs> my name is Ray Ovantica this uh, kind of reminds me a little bit so, of it when he's been changeling yeah, Bashir a little bit I, a little bit I, I, think, I think when he doesn't know something like when he didn't know about the kind of uh, mental uh, augmentations I think he's maybe a little bit better because he isn't playing into it so hard. I think now he will be a bit more subtle. 
this is this what I'm yes, saying. Yeah, quite possible. Now watching it back, the archness of the the opening version of him is. is and quite it's interesting hard. that you mention like that some of the main characters get sidelined because obviously Garak is so foregrounded in this two parter. Mm. And it's very much it's kind of a spiritual follow-up to the one from season three, the Improbable Calls Dies cast, which was all centred around Garak. So it's interesting that for what are probably the two most pivotal Dominion War episodes up till this point, they focus them around Garak rather than one of the main crew. Yeah, and he is well, a wonderful into this as well, because like, obviously he's spy extraordinaire, but obviously where he links into Kardashian <clears throat> and everything, he, he, he was such a wise choice, well, and they use him so well, and he, mm-hmm. he, again, what like, a wonderful actor in this. Like I know we've probably got a few years till we get to the end of the Dominion War, but when you look back on it, uh, Garrick really is the hero of Cardassia, mm-hmm. and he's the redemption of Cardassia. Yeah, no, he yeah. absolutely is. Um, so yeah, we're, anyone who's sort of started watching us with the Picard coverage, we don't tend to go as deep with the older episodes because we assume that, like Elliot was saying, we've all seen them a lot. Um, and yeah, I was joking about a spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> Not the 30-year-old show. But we will cover both episodes. So yeah, first of all, and this is interesting in the context of Picard now. You've got Odo getting all his stuff back to shapeshift around. No bucket, though, even though, as we know, all shapeshifters use the Quark's branded bucket. <laughs> well, no, no, that is the official bucket shape of the changelings. That, yeah. That's their ceremony bucket. <coughs> but no, the one thing which I was thinking is, this is the only scene which I really thought was a bit of chaffer. I think you could really cut... I know it's a, a cold open, but it's like... I'd rather have something which is linked into the episode. Star where Trek was episode. not good for that in like eighties, nineties no. Trek. A lot of them, and Next Gen, I think, was most guilty of this. Probably them Voyager. DS9 was probably the one that did it the least. Was where you would just have an opening episode, and it'd just be Data and Geordi stood around talking about tennis, and then it'd go to the credits, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> I can't oh, wait for these adverts to finish. Come on. Occasionally, it was an interesting characterful moment, and then you'd have the catalyst for the episode at the end of it. That I didn't mind if it was done well, but this was like, it seemed to be just reminding you of what a changeling was. It's like, oh, in case you forgot while he was human for half a series, here's what a changeling is. No, we all yeah. know what it is. We know I think what it's kind of like... I think, I think it was to have this thing about Kira and Odo, where Kira sort of like talked about how he can still go di- be dating and all that because he's a solid Yeah, creator. that's well, yeah, yeah, but that just didn't fit the episode at all. And it just, well, again, it's all like, stuff which cover in other but, episodes. Why? Well, when we like what we find out later about Kira and Odo, it does actually make sense and all that a bit. It's sort of false. Oh, no, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense, but, but I'm saying it's covered in other episodes. It um, doesn't yeah. fit this episode. It, it, like at least give me something different we've never seen like you know but this is just stuff which they cover in other episodes it's boring to be honest with you. It just, I wonder it's, if well, it's uh... there's like, well there's also an episode coming up in the way Odo does get involved with a, a woman he does yeah, but, but they want so this to... is sort of like a bit of that foreshadowing and, and yeah. playing with and, and knowing where they're going with a story that they're putting little scenes in the future stories mm-hmm yeah, we did actually have a plan that we no longer stand alone episodes. We have an ongoing 
overall arc and lots of little arcs yeah, within it. And it just it just didn't fit though. Here, so I, Jim, I'm wondering if it is. I was going to say, I wonder if it's a bit of a throwback to the way they used to have to do TV. They had to be largely standalone. But they're like, right, we're doing a plot arc heavy episode, so we better cram in all the character stuff that we want. Even if it's not going to pay off for ages, we're allowed to do it this week because you don't need to have seen every other episode. Do you know what I mean? Like, if they just put it in the middle of a normal episode, the network might have said, well, why have you got this about Odo in here? When he's yeah. not the focus of the episode. But imagine at the beginning of this episode, if you'd had instead you'd had a longer scene with uh, Bashir and Zial and oh, yeah. um, and Garrett. Like yeah, have them having like having them eating together is always very fascinating. Yeah. It so, always reveals something, and it would have been so much. Speaking better. of Zial, is this a new Zial again from last time we saw her? I was going to say, is this the new one? I lose track of. I lose track of Zial. So do I. I, I think oh. this might be the final evolution of Zial, like, I think. It's it, a, it, like, I've got to say, it's a wonder her arm isn't covered in bloody slits from blood tests how often she changes. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. I, mean, I thought you were going very dark for a second there. No. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, just, just um, trigger warning for anyone uh, with, with any issues of self-harm. It's we, we're a bit late talking. now. Let's just point out, we weren't talking about that. We're no, we were the blood test. Um, but but um, I think this is the, the best of the ZLs. Like, uh, all the actresses, yeah. great. Well, but I this think, is one I, I think, think she uh, now does the rest of the series. She's also an older actress, again, mm. who's playing ZL. And I think they've had to do that to be able to put that love interest with Gary. Yeah, it'd have been a bit creepy. Because, when, yeah, they've had to artificially age you. Why? So, like, without... Why, why not just so cast her in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what I enjoyed about this one is, given what Andrew Robinson has said over the years about the way he played Garak's relationship with Bashir, is that, like, <laughs> this is, like, all of Garak's birthdays come at once. It's like, there's Seattle, <laughs> there's Julian. So, after dinner, back to my quarters, guys. Yeah, I absolutely. The only thing which sounded slightly creepy was when... Like, you know that she's the love interest in him, and he was going, it's like, well, my young friend. It's like, no, no, yeah, that no, phrase. no, no, no. Right. sex storyline, not that phrase. And like you said, Bashir... Know, uh, go on. Uh, I was about to say, you to know my interesting fact I found out about the titles, and I didn't do. know this before. You'll really like this, James. Go on. Ian won't be bothered. The Nebula-class starship that's always stopped on the docking ring. Mm-hmm. It's the USS Leeds. Hey! <laughs> yeah, the, the, the uh, USS Southampton is just a bit up on the pilots. <laughs> <Just, yeah. laughs> Slightly bigger ship. Some more money's been yeah. spent on it, you know. <laughs> Me and Captain Jim, for those that don't That's know, it. are in Leeds. There you go. So I like that. And you could probably work out from the context of the joke, Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> I did say I was out to put the North-South divide back into there we the episode. So, yeah, yeah, for some reason, the other side of the docking ring, more money was spent on it, disproportionately for no good reason. That's it. So, yeah, um, as you were saying, Squee, Bashir, obviously at this point, they've told Alexander Siddig you are playing a changeling because all of a sudden he's much more... So he's like, oh, really? You got a message from the Gamma Quadrant? Hmm. <laughs> I think you will be going with me to... Captain Cisco. 
Oh, that, that bit's good. It's such a weird line delivery where he goes, okay, then let's go to Captain Cisco's office. Cisco. <laughs> like, very good, very good. And, yeah, we find out it's well, a message from Inabrantane, which was believed to be dead, but he isn't. Well, that's because he's uh, Inabrantane. Well, exactly, yeah, that's yeah, it. He's dodged death more times than... This is the other Romulan phrase which they didn't get to in this episode. Don't fuck with a Nebrantane. That's that's their other. <laughs> don't turn your back on the Breen. Don't fuck with a Nebrantane. I love the new dynamic that they set up. And they do this with Garak quite often. Like, he started off, it was always with Bashir. And then in that previous two-parter from season three that I mentioned, they go, <coughs> we're, we're going to pair him up with Odo this time. But now I think Cisco takes the biscuit with, okay, Garak can go, but Worf's going with you. And that's yeah, that's, that's a pairing that's asking for trouble. Oh, but yeah. and, and good times for the viewers, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the pairing is just brilliant yeah. how these two play at each other. I think this is why, even though it's not uh, for screen time, this is why I felt the Dax was sort of like represent. I love the scene between her and Worf before she goes because it's kind of like it's got that kind of furry nature of their relationship. Mm. It doesn't get it does get a very romantic near the end and very sexy, but it doesn't get uh, gooey. That wouldn't fit their relationship. So no. the fact they're they're bickering into like and she threatens him with his hollow recordings of Kill Doc. And I like that That's we're still using yeah. physical media at that point. You'd think like Worf would be like I have told you, I have uploaded it to my cloud drive. <laughs> well, yeah, you see, they, they've learned in the future. You, you, if you have to put, keep on paying for the cloud, if you just get a bit short of money, then you haven't That's got your it. stuff anymore. Just get it on they, an isolinear chip. And also, the isolinear chip memory capacity must be really low if it's one Klingon opera per isolinear chip. Like, <laughs> per isolinear chip. Like, come yeah, on. Like, on each one, I'm telling you. Yeah, it's... <laughs> no, it's yeah. I think it uses so much men- memory for the high de- high quality. That's it, yeah. Because it's, it's not it's not compressing; it's bulked out to keep that quality there. Oh, oh, Imagine oh, oh, how yeah, annoying yeah, the Klingons would be. Like if it gets to like halfway through the opera and it's like, please insert isolinear rod two. <laughs> you know, there was a, a <coughs> another war between the Klingons and the Federation they've never covered in um, Star Trek on TV, where it was over the fact that they tried to send them the Klingon operas back in MP3 format. They slaughtered so many Federation to that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I just. I, I, I was going to say just because um, I because I was um, doing some job apps, and uh, I ended up putting on Doctor Bashir, I presume after this, and they really sell out the character of Lita in that. You know, uh, go back and watch it. Anyone who thinks like if you think that that was cool, watch it back. You'll find out in so many ways. It's see, not. When I, see when yeah. I was loading this, I watched that uh, for the uniform. I made. Oh, that there you go. Yeah, you see, I, uh, yeah, I was tempted. I was tempted. But anyway, um, I said yeah. But, I, but in contrast, in this episode. <laughs> I think it really shows there isn't an episode where they show Dax and Worf together where their relationship isn't always exactly what it is, where it never sounds out like one of the characters. I can't think of one of the characters. And Dax was very sexually positive, so that took the sin off kind mm. of showing her in bikinis and stuff, because that was her owning it. It wasn't about her being used for sex, whereas Lita is just a mechanic for sex. It's it's actually quite sad. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Brazil, I... Dr. Bashir, I presume, watching that. Um, whereas they never did that with uh, 
with Dax. No, Dax is awesome. Yeah. And she's got the thing is that's a very relationship of equals. Like she's got the measure of Worf and he knows it. Yeah, and he's going, it's like, it was a good day today. She's going, it's like, or not, if you want to come back for, for all this, you know. Yeah. This. <laughs> and then we get a lot of death threats going on because Gulder Cat turns up and threatens to kill Garak and then Worf, uh, Worf threat. In fact, Garak's getting threatened a lot because Worf says, I'll kill Garak at <laughs> the first sign of any trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I wanted to bring him back. Okay, I'll bring him back where he may be dead. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, Bashir is his only real friend and he wants to kill him sometimes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who does kind of his friend at this point ish but he would arrest him <laughs> in a heartbeat yeah and then yeah the i love the scene where garak is telling Worf that he wants him to sponsor him for starfleet academy <laughs> and the fact that he actually manages to blag him for a second and Worf sort yeah. of goes okay if you're serious i'll think about it and then yeah you can almost see his face light up. He's like, right, I'm going to push this further. Like, right, tell him, I've got it. <laughs> tell him you yeah. want me to be your captain. That's... Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing that, that I think the only step they missed in Deep Space Nine was to never have just a full episode of just these two together, like, stranded somewhere. That would have been it awesome. It would have been great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, a... I, I do I do like it, yeah. Um, there's no need to write the letter, I'll write it. I'm, with my reputation, I can sit straight... Stri- stri- Skip straight to a commander. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them you would be honoured. <laughs> yeah. And, and then... But at the same time we've got this, we've got the conversation between the cat and yes, the hero going on. Which is really and good. It's real. Yeah. And the cat's going, and he kicks off and he says, you've done this deliberately. You've done this on purpose to get at me. And Kira said, what? Because I've taken her to the shrine and all that. And he, and, you, and it's like, no. And you see the good part of the cat here, and he's there, no, it's a cultural heritage. You should take, learn about Bajorna religion. Ah, but, no, to be fair, the cat being the cat, he does it in a very backhanded way because he says, oh, yeah. he says, like, your backward superstition doesn't bother me. You know, it's like, yeah, it's part <laughs> yeah. of the cultural her- heritage, but it's a lot of rubbish. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think I just because we've seen that kind of dynamic between them and so many other episodes. It's another bit where it just for me, it's a nice characterful scene, but it's like, yeah, that's fine. But you know, we we covered this. Let's get back to the real big. I know, but I think you need this with what's coming in part two. No, that's fair. Well, that is like yeah, it's like this is a this is this is the cat is like the cat is an evil junkie. You can look at him because. He's like had a good half season where he's been the good mm. guy or one of the good guys. And this is him sort of slipping a little bit with his conversation with Kira here, which is leading up to him really going it's, down. Okay, and, I mean, uh, at this point, Ducat knows what he's about to do. And y- you can tell he almost just wants to throw it in Kira's face at that point and go, well, you wouldn't talk to me like that if you knew that I'm about to get here yeah. with the Dominion fleet, but he can. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, this plays perfectly. I mean, I just, as always, I will say thank goodness for Nana Visitor 
she was the only reason why there wasn't a love story between those two. Yes, that would have been awful. Sold out the character so badly. Whereas this is perfect. Yeah, whereas like when it suits him, Dukat wants to kind of like try and charm her and win her over, like and get her to admit really that the Kardashians were in the right all along. That's always his end game. That was perfect. And then the second he gets back into power, it's like, nah, fuck you. You know, I, I've got more important things to do. Yeah. Like I will come and toy with but, you later when I've got a chance. But, but the end game. It is. Dukat has always. The cat doesn't believe he's defeat. Like, all the occupation and everything he did with Bayshaw, for him, until he gets Kira, sort of to fall in love with him or admit something, he, in his own mind, he has never succeeded. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a replay, like, it's a an alternate take, if you like, of there was a uh, the episode where the guy is a final clerk and he wants them to believe he's the butcher of Galatet. Yes. Uh, yes. Such yeah. a wonderful episode. And it's, like, almost like... Uh, basically, he is playing what Dukat really is. Like, yeah. he's trying to make them convinced that he is this guy who just wants to deny. He's like, it's a Holocaust denial mirror story, obviously, but it's mm. just, it's so well done. And um, yeah, it's nice to see it kind of like from both those angles of someone who who wants to be blamed and wants to be hung up and shot for being a monster exactly like Dukat. And here you get to see the real deal, just being yeah. the dick and stuff. And I love the bit where he goes to see Alex, like, oh, I've I've just found out. Like, he's almost clutching his pearls. Oh, I've just found out there might be an, a, a fleet of people coming through the wormhole. <laughs> I, I was not to know as such tidings happen. Yeah. You know? I need to get you to safety off this station quickly. I, I almost want to say to, like, uh, to Alexander Sadiq at the beginning of the episode, that's how you do it. Like, it's like, yeah. just a, yeah, play a bit more soul. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so there is the stuff like you, Worf and Garak discover the fleet. And then we get one of these things that happens quite often in Star Trek. Well, not just Star Trek, that's unfair. Um, quite a few dramas that it's just things that would not be said in real life. So you get Kira takes the Defiant to investigate, and Cisco goes, What have you found, Major? And she goes, Trouble. It's like, no, you need yeah. to give a detailed report. Yeah. This is yeah. an invasion flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a one-word answer. Yeah, you can't, you can't like, do that, Kira. I, I'm, I'm trying to think what else is that in. It, it, that same oh, message is coming in so many... Riker things. does it in Skin of Evil when Amos first comes out and Picard yeah, goes, number one, insane. what are you seeing, number one? And he goes, trouble. This is, you see, I think you guys have been spending too much time around me. This is exactly what I was doing all through Picard. It's like, who says that? Why would you say that? But like, there was one here as well. Like at one stage, Cisco in front of this whole bridge crew, who must be already pretty damn right now. It's like, uh, oh, and if they do come through, God have mercy on us all. It's like, yeah, that's a way to give a pep talk. <laughs> yeah, good one, Cisco. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then we get to the prison, which is the setting for much of the rest of it. And we're reintroduced to General Martok. And he was one of those characters that I didn't know at the time. I didn't know I needed Martok back. But what a wonderful character he turns out to be. And yeah. it is great from moment one here. Can I also point out another just just tinsy little plot hole in this bit? Because they go, it's like, uh, oh, uh, he's been saying that you would come and like they take him. So you've got Martok there. That's that's that reveals quite straight 
on the level. Mm. Then you've got the reveal of Nobretain, you know, oh, he said you'd come. They've obviously told him who he is while they were going back to the thing. Mm-hmm. But at no point, and, and also Martok already knows that uh, Bashir and, like, he basically seems to know all the crew which are back on Deep Space Nine. Well, Not once does any of them think to mention that, oh, by the way, uh, Bashir is here. You might have had a change him back there. Not one of them yeah, mentions yeah. him. Oh, you'll be so happy to see Dr. Bashir again, but, like, no, no, we're going to wait. Bashir's alive. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's the most most um yeah, but egregious uh, versions. Also... It's the most egregious examples of like saving it for yes, when the plot demands it, it as opposed to when but, you but, but that's it, like we're watching this again for 30 odd years later. But originally the first time you watch this this is a massive, it's a massive shock. When well, it is a shock. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I'm saying for plot reasons, it's great. And when you see it first yeah, but, time, but every other time since, it makes no sense. Yeah, the reveal works. But yeah, like you say, the information <laughs> would probably have been disclosed before. You'd have yeah. to have a good reason why, like maybe but, maybe th- he's been in a different part and he gets transferred to that part of the prison but, because now they've got so many empty well, cells where the Kardashians, well, are, you know, they could have plotted it. Yeah. But let's talk about how great the reveal is and just a brilliant, brilliant use of the wardrobe that, like, let's put Bashir in the old jumpsuit and we've only changed it about four episodes ago. So let's do that as just an immediate visual signifier. And make it, that, and make oh, it a bit dirty. Yeah, he. but as soon as you see the old colour, you go, oh, he's been there a while. And that that's just brilliant. It's just such a really yeah. economical way of doing it, just visually. I, I love it. it. Also, it. I do wonder if they did it the nice... at that point on purpose to do that. Like, I'm yeah, sure they did, yeah. I think there's also a nice visual thing. Like, as we have this reveal of Bashir, it cuts back to the station and we have the Doctor in the elevator. Yes. And, it's, we've, ju- and we've just had Garrick and Worf realise that there's obviously Bashir on the station is a changeling. We have the Bashir on the station gives a little smirk. Yeah, and the Bashir on the station oh, must you. somehow psychically know that the audience is now aware <laughs> because he dials up his shifty behaviour yeah. so quickly that like, I've brought and it, you it, these it's weird muffins. It's weird how that wax moustache appears that he starts twirling. I don't know <laughs> yeah. where that came but, from. Oh, I've just brought you <laughs> these. You need to eat the food. By the way... Anything you need, just ask. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's... know why he laughed like that, but now it'll. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's like the episode where they do reveal the new uniforms. There's no particular reason for it to be in that episode. I know there's never any particular reason, mm. but it's halfway through a series. You've got like it's a the episode. Yeah. I think it's where um, Cisco has. It was the first episode after first contact aired. Oh yeah, I, d- I don't know. It just. The time it all seems. That was why, but um, yeah, but but like you say, it obviously goes into this. But yeah, but it's, it's really clever. I just, it does create I the just problem think it's of nice. yeah. It, it does though create the problem of well, a changeling did brain surgery on Cisco, but we talked about <laughs> that in depth when we we covered but that. I, I don't know. Actually, the one thing about this episode, it does like it. In fact, I think it kind of works. Perfectly now I've watched this again because it's like you save your undercover operative until the moment you actually yes, you like his his yeah. mission was bigger than killing Cisco. Even killing Cisco's, Cisco. Like and Cisco really to all intents and purposes, like obviously he's the emissary. Yeah, but, but in he's... terms of the war, yeah, he yeah, isn't but... the big part he becomes later on. True. 
Yeah, so, but he's also doing this brain surgery going, ha, 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 I'm saving you just so you can be blown to smithereens in a few weeks. Yeah, well, that's, that's true, true but it's as like, well. When you're, when you're deep undercover, there's so many times when he could have done other things. Yeah, but saving you don't do it because you, you've got a, a mission. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. Uh, and then there is a lovely scene between Garak and Tane where we get the reveal that Tane is, in fact, Garak's father, which everyone kind of suspected. Didn't um, they say that in the last one, where, they, where he's I about to the die the first no, one? He goes like, no, 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 he does. He goes, he's like, he says, um, he goes, oh, can't you just this one time as you're dying admit that you're my yeah, son? This, he goes, this you're one. not my son. Yeah, this bit, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. No, I thought he already said that. I'm with you on this screen. I know this is the first time you get it confirmed. No, you get it confirmed when he says it. Yeah, you get it confirmed when he says it. That's what I'm saying. No, what I'm saying is right. This is the one where they confirm it, but I'm saying that it was all but confirmed before because he was saying on the bridge. It's been said before this. I don't think he has. I think if you go back and check it, he hasn't. But okay, we'll pack that one. If anyone knows in the comments, um, I mean, I'm totally right. But so okay, no, no, you're not. I am. I am. I am. I, look, look. The, the golden rule of retract. We went through this last week when Elliot and Squee agree. It's correct. Except this time. Except this time. This time I'm pretty. Anyway, we won't get into it. So, so um, we get no revelation. Let's pick a place after this episode for who watches that bit back. We get no revelation whatsoever about um, Garak's parentage then. So that's half my notes gone. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it is the first, we all agree it's the first time it's out and out confirmed but yeah. we think that they say he he confronts him no, with the been, idea and he denies it yeah okay we'll see anyway but what, what were you know regardless yes. you get this nice conversation where he talks about he, he like you say he says you're not my son but then he says like there was that one day i was very proud of you that day and that's that's kind of it that's as much as he's gonna <laughs> it's give it beautiful. <laughs> yeah. like it, it's like he goes could you just ask me as a, a father to a son and he goes like uh, do you remember that day? and he just tells a memory which basically says yeah. i love you it is beautiful. It says a lot about father and son's relating. But you've also got Tane. Tane has all these barriers as the spy he's always been. Well, I was going to say, I, th- I, think drop. I think it's a, a parallel to like uh, they're saying Kardashians in the 24th century are basically human fathers and sons in, <laughs> in, in the century when it came up, having this conversation, not being able to say I love you. But we said another way, like, you know, it's always been a thing of uh, male bonding through um, ball busting. That's us saying I love you in quite a lot of ways. And, and uh, you know, there's something really sweet about that. Yeah, Even though it's is. much nicer now than I feel like nowadays we can say it easier. But th- yeah, this was I love you back then between blokes. It it's just very was. fitting for these two characters as well. Um, yeah. And then we wrap up the episode. We, they have this plan to close the wormhole, and there, there is quite a nice <clears throat> acknowledgement of the religious aspect of it. Like that, oh, but th- this could mean you're cutting off the Bajorans from the prophets. And I like that they do pay lip service to that. But ultimately, Cisco goes, "Yeah, well, tough." But. At but least. he does always say the prophets have always found a way to talk to the Bashar. Yeah, exactly. People when they want to. Oh, and it's another time where um, Kira's about to object, then he just goes, 
done, right? We've kind of fits and then a massive, massive, yeah, massive fleet the, comes through. Be the one to end that conversation. Yeah, which my I'll get yeah. onto my criticism in the second episode, and you know I'm nearly over it. It's been as Elliot said, thirty odd years, but <laughs> that we are teasing the mother of all space battles in this episode, and can ultimately I, can I we just don't point get out, it. Can I just point out again before this fleet comes through, we have to. The last 15 minutes of the episode, when we keep cutting back to DS9 on mm-hmm. in Ops, we keep getting another of our listening posts has gone dead. Yeah. Another two of our listening posts have gone dead. Another of our listening posts. So, and this is where we come from, that the Federation caused this war. <laughs> so, <laughs> you have been told repeatedly... This is Dominion Space, you are not welcome here. So, on top of them colonising planets, setting up trade routes, etc., when they're being told to stay out, they're not welcome. They've got uh, numerous spy satellites <laughs> spread all well, over. Well, they haven't anymore. To check on... Well, no, but they did have to check on Dominion movements throughout Dominion's, the Dominion Space and Territory. Elliot, I'm uh, just going to say this very quickly because we've had this conversation so many times. You've just restated your site, so I'm just going to very quickly say, <laughs> in my opinion, it's on behalf of the other worlds who don't want to be part of the Dominion, and let's move on. Yeah, you, you've you raised your point. I've, that I've capsulated mine. Right. If it was a load of Romulan listening posts in Federation space, the Federation had got absolutely. Oh, yeah, but if the Federation, that. but that that presumes the Federation planets, like in the Dominion ones, being under force of will as opposed to choosing to be members. That's the difference to me. Uh, I, just to to go back to Jim's point, though, I will only say this to your point. I agree, but at the same time, Deep, Deep Space Nine in the end delivers. There's lots it of shows. It does deliver in deliver. the end, but that. I just want to. I have something to say on this. Join the Federation, and you can have. Our technology for free food, our technology for uh, to cure all your diseases, uh, our fleets will protect your planet. Or don't join us, and you can have none of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean they, they, they do make a good argument. Yeah, because they don't sell their stuff to other places. They're still the same, not the same. But it's like join us, or your planet will be blown up. Like that's pretty much the Dominion offer, or we'll just enslave you anyway. Just saying, there's a difference in their offerings. I think we need to write a philosophy of Deep Space Nine book, and you two can like edit each other's <laughs> paragraphs. And in fairness, Jim, I know you're on uh, Elliot's side of this. I just, I am the dissenting argument. This is why we don't need don't feel as passionate about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're probably close to the middle, but I think you're on Elliot's side. Yeah. (laughs) No, I I, I get the viewpoint, Elliot. It's not like I'm... I I just, like, my my viewpoint, I think, is where the Federation falls on. Anyway, the Dominion are definitely the baddies now, and we know that because the first thing Ducat does is join them. Which it was a show. Obviously, watching it back, you're like, well, of course he does. He's the baddie. But <laughs> at the time, I remember being shocked because the writers had made you start to like him. He'd become a, he'd and become a goodie. And it's and also, such a good job that, by them. Which is, this is why I was saying he's like an evil junkie. You can yeah. see it. 
He got the shakes early on when he sacked with Kiru, calling her backwards religion. Mm. The yeah, I mean, he goes full in. I'm having an, I'm, that's it. I'm having this dose. I'll, I'll even add to this that like uh, it would have been enough of a reveal him coming across uh, to the baddies because. Uh, the Kardashians have joined the war, like their side of the war. Mm. Like that is a huge reveal in itself. Having him had the little bit of a turn towards goodness as mm. as it appeared, that just adds to it so much and adds richness. You didn't even need it, and it's a, it's a wonderful thing to add. There is that. I've got a confession. I've spent the last few months negotiating with the Dominion. Yeah, <laughs> that I mean, is all happened. <laughs> and it's the fact that I do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty much that. Yeah. Like when we first meet Decat, he is an out-and-out out villain. Um, but now we actually feel a sense of betrayal because, like, no, you, you made me like you over the last season, even though we knew that you were evil. <laughs> So, I'd like to also add, you were saying about the ships coming through and everything. Uh, Again, this is another wonderful example of how Deep Space Nine, even though some of their CGI got a little bit hairy in a few episodes, that when they showed you a big fleet of ships, you saw a big fleet yeah, of yeah, ships. Yeah, you yeah, saw yeah. the ships, you loved the ships. Like, this is the closest we got to what Picard did. Like In fact, this is the forerunner to what Picard ended up doing in that last series. Their, their, their show of fleets of ships were amazing like in fact deep space nine wins for sheer volume of ships in it some does scenes. absolutely and, and the the sheer scale we see but picard did a wonderful job but yeah this this um again i don't know why discovery never did it i know they want to concentrate on the human drama but just to so obtusely not show ships yeah it's seems weird mark. yeah so decat then i do yeah. i i do love kira's reaction to the oh yeah betraying them what phases fire? No thought, no way for orders from anyone else. Yeah, what phases fire? Yeah, she's yeah. had enough. Yeah. Right, I've been wanting yeah, to kill him messing. for ages. <laughs> <laughs> but then the very next thing we get is Descartes, he's just been reinstalled as the leader. Straight away, he's making propaganda videos that are going out across the whole planet. Yeah. Like, he doesn't yeah, waste uh, any time. And I love the way he's sort of like, and, and I think this, this, came before we'd ever seen anything like this from the man, but like it's sort of Putin before Putin, yeah. where he like just looks dead down the camera, no sense of irony, no sense of any compassion <laughs> in his face, just like, we were acclaimed what is ours, the Ukraine, sorry, Deep Space Nine, yeah. uh, all the other things that, that have been added from us. And people ask us if we should be distrustful of me, I say not at all, you know, it's like, <laughs> he's clearly lying to you all. But... And, and it's such a Russian um, parallel to have that thing of like, by my son's birthday, we will show him that Kardashian's yeah. order is, that's such a Russian kind of uh, way of looking at it, like, because family is everything, and our family against the weak West, and yeah. this is... And then so meanwhile, we get another great, just drama trope of right wolf you're going to be putting a death match and you've got to keep fighting <laughs> every time and it's just great it's like we just get wolf being dead hard and chinning all the gemadar and yeah. it goes right back to the first appearance of the gemadar where they say i really wish i'd met a klingon and it's like yeah you don't because he's chinning all your lads <laughs> yeah Oh, the the only thing which would have made this any better is if you'd had the water being um, weighing. Yeah. Because that water was, I mean, it did a fine job, but it, it wasn't my favourite. But I, I, uh, think it's, I, I think you have to have, you can't have Wayun here 
because this is just a low particle. I know. I just, I just felt he was complex. a bit. I'm sorry. Look, no offense to him. He just he was weaker of some of the voters. Like I even that, that, that lady who appeared. Like there's there's been a couple of female voters I, which were really strong in them. It just I thought he came across as a um, your typical bureaucrat. Yeah. Who's in a low low position, but wants to make out that there's really yeah, really big and honestly i got what he was going for he just he didn't make it sing like some of the other voters yeah i i just really yeah, feel like he didn't fine. bring he's, that little bit of magic he's not top voter he's not bottom voter no, it's just... no. but you know most of voter actors are so characterful yeah i think that's why he looks the lesser for not being so and maybe it's just the way it's written but anyway during the fights i also I now, every time I see this, because the later episode where you've got um, Wolf talking to Cisco and he goes, like, there was a moment between us where we just locked eyes. I think of that every time we watch these scenes, and it's so present here, just that, that Martok is his strength. He is Martok's strength. They give so much back to yeah. each other in this moment. And uh, just, yeah, it's just badass Wolfism. It's like, yeah, it's great. Oh, I'm about to die, but bring it on. Give me another one. Go yeah. on. Go on, I did. He is, he's like the uh, Black Knight in, in Monty Python, but yes. played seriously. It's like, uh, it's just a flesh wound. Your leg's been cut off. You know, it really is and that you moment. Get, but you get that ultimate. And again, it's, <laughs> I've seen it done in other things, and it is a bit of a trope, but it's great. Where you get the opponent saying, like, you know, I, I, I can't beat him. All I can do is kill him. So I yield. And it's like, yeah, when go you're on saying that, it's, <laughs> yeah. When you were saying that, it sounded sort of like Drago in uh, Rocky Four. They <laughs> said Drago <laughs> did kill him. Well, no, no, but he didn't kill Rocky. And at the no, end, he he's sort of like, he kind of gives him a look. He doesn't really say anything, but he kind of gives him almost a look of grudging respect. Yeah, exactly. It is that sort of thing. And it, and it gives a little bit more of a flavour to the Jemadar here. Like, they do have a sense of honour. It's not the same as the Klingon's sense of honour. And it's curtailed by the but, Vorta. Yeah. But, but there is something oh, there. Yeah. They're not mindless soldiers. They're, they do all have a culture. Yeah. All through it, you get like, the feeling, you see, if you gave the same Vorta to, like, you know, and they didn't have the restrictions of the white to the founders, mm. and you kind of managed to take out just that little bit of psycho um, yeah. yield yielding to the uh, founders. But they even have episodes where they out and out go against the founders in some ways because they know they're wrong, but then they give <laughs> them so, their lives up because they've disobeyed yeah. the cardinal rules. It's, it's amazing. They're so well uh, crafted as warriors, I think. And then the, the next bit, and I feel like part of this is by necessity from the writers because they've clearly decided at this point, yeah, okay, the network told us we had to do more Klingon war stuff, but we're actually going to go back to doing the Dominion. So part <laughs> of it's a concession to that, because I remember reading at the time they said, right, we've got to keep Klingons as an active part of the show, but let's do it by having General Martok on the station, having a Klingon garrison. And so you just get this bit, Gowron turns up and Cisco's like, hey, do you want to re-sign the Kitamura records? I've got them on a pad here. Yes. <laughs> and and again, it's sort of like, I really feel a moment when he brings out Kitamura Yeah, records, yeah. Where it's almost like that's got an yeah. arc all of its own because we get to see them originally being signed. Yeah, it's by a the big moment. Series. Yeah. Boom. And then being signed again, it's just such a wonderful moment. And like well, when you think about that moment, it's just a pad. Yeah. The only well, reason it. why that means anything is because we know what that means from the past. Well, that's it. We saw a year and a half ago where Gowron withdrew them from the mm. Kinema records because they wouldn't support them in 
We've seen them the being law. withdrawn. We've seen them originally being signed, and now we get them seeing. Yeah, them. yeah. That, that's why one of the lines which Kira gives is total bullshit because she goes, "Wow, the Klingons helping us out! I never thought I'd see the day." It's like it was only about a yeah, year ago. You've only been at war with them again. for like a year. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. fine. Throughout hundred... most of your life, they've been your friends. Yeah, hundred years prior to that, it was all right. And and Gowron gives it that extra sort of gravitas where he says, like, you know, five years ago, no one knew about Deep Space Nine or Bajor and. And yeah, it's just great. It just adds so much to the moment. But you see, that's true. We've got <laughs> we've yeah. got sneaky Bashir in the background going, "Yeah, go on, sign it, sign it, sign it. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I want you all here, all of you, all of you." I think just to add yeah. your point, though. I mean, yeah. it's like it is that whole thing of the. Um, I think the way they've they've uh, they've given the correct amount of screen time to each. Uh, each yeah. level of like so you know the main point here is obviously dominion however the klingons get to be a main part of the story but just not the overriding part yeah and exactly. i think that studio note they took it and they used it so well like mm-hmm. bring in wolf and then bring so the, the klingons could always be a major part just not the was amazing yeah definitely so much more interesting than if you'd made the klingons the baddies that would have been dull like yeah. it, like wolf We've versus the that. klingons how we many times have we done US. that yeah Exactly, we've yeah. done that so many times, and we will do it again so many times, and you still do it here, but not as yeah, much, no, and not do as it the overriding thing. It's brilliant, and I remember at the time a bit of a sigh of relief when they re-signed the accords, because I'm like, right, they're going to tone that down, and we're going to focus on the Dominion, which is what we should be doing. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, great stuff all round with it. And then... I love the stuff on the prison as well that you've got Garak, we find out, has got claustrophobia and he's struggling um, with the transmitter. But then you get Martok, and I love that he name-checks the guy that he says, like, ah, I will seek out Glacklack or whatever he's called, and he will write an opera. And it just gives you this vision of, like, this Klingon living in a shed on a hill somewhere, like... And you, you, all the operas. Yeah, you have to go seek him out and go, I've been on this great adventure. He's like, ah, nah, I don't He's write a, operas nah, for that sort nah, of stuff. It needs to be nah, really uh, good. And now I've got a fucking move because you found me. Yeah, that's and, and also, also, he's a great eccentric, so he will only record one Klingon opera her memory stick that's it. which is why like every other Klingon opera is on one of the memory stick all of his are on separate ones that's why we yeah, watch that's it so it. just because of that guy yeah he's just very it. eccentric he's like, yeah, got, oh, got a linear chip cannot be overcrowded I, with my operas <laughs> I was thing. thinking about this week um Garrick with the claustrophobia mm. and I, I wonder if this was part of what how he became so big with the spying with Kardashian, because they look at weaknesses. Mm. And he's got this weakness. If you lock him in a room, he's off to spill the bloody beans. True. You put him in a chest, you don't have to torture him that much. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the fact that he can handle it, because he's a hard bastard. I mean, I I love that. He cracked. Well, yeah, but he went and he he finished it, because that's going in the opera, is that? Well, I do like how uh, Martok and Wolf, about that, when he goes back in, like, Martok goes... Talk about how he's having his song written and the doctor, and then Garrett gets up. Well, I can't, I'm going back in, I can't have you ruin your opera. And the pair of them stand there and go, facing one's own enemies, 
is the greatest yeah. battle one can face. Yeah, this is this is all like any war movie you've seen. So you've got them talking about like the songs which will be sung afterwards, the happy times we'll have afterwards. Yeah. You've got Bashir even like the little smile, rice smile. This was a wonderful little characterful bit of acting by Sid. When he gives that little rice smile, when he goes like uh, what I, a whole verse will be dedicated to the uh, the physician which bound his wounds. It's so it's big and so, so clean. The only thing that you can have Sid doing is laugh, giggling because it's just it's and it's so flattering. As I'd well. love to see the actual scene where they talk to the opera writer and it's like, okay, tell me what's happened. Like, well, we got caught on this prison. Bah, loads of people have been caught in prison. And then Worf had to fight Jemadar to the death. Bah, Klingon warriors always fight people to the death. And the Cardassian had to rewire the transmitter. Ah, it, but he had claustrophobia. Ooh. That is worthy of an opera. Well, you see all these memes, don't you, about, uh, that go on about, like, Klingon uh, physi- uh, therapists and all that. But you can see that, and that's obviously this scene with Warp and Martok, where all them come from. Yeah. That Klingons actually understand the, the battle against you, or mate. Well, this thing, yeah, yeah they, they put is... mental health on the par with physical uh, demons, yeah. which is great. And I believe the Klingons would. Yeah, I and think Klingons they would. kind of like, it's Klingons are all about stories and all about the oral tradition of passing on your legacy. And if you don't overcome something, where it be physical mm-hmm. or mental, then it doesn't matter. Like when they've got the uh, episode where Nog does the same, like on the space station, he goes, oh, the decibel level went over a certain level. Yeah. And he goes, I suppose bravery comes in all sizes. And then Martha just fucks off with the other Klingons. It's yeah, no, it's, it's so um, Actually, to your point, Ellie, I've just thought of it. Previously, he had the wire in, which uh, every time he felt uncomfortable, he could just get a little jack of endorphins. Yeah, so that's where it. he, like, this, this claustrophobia is like, yeah. oh, well, just, just put in the happy pills. Yeah, that's fine. a very good point. So it's probably it only come back really bad since season two. Yeah, very good point. Back on the station, I, then. I, I, I just want to say, though, Andrew Robinson, his acting in this with polyclaustrophobia is amazing. It is, yeah. To say, to say, because... Like, as a Kardashian, you're in quite heavy face makeup, mm. and yet he could betray the fear of what he's going through. I'll even give you this. Every other actor, I'm pretty sure there's been times when Gunn's like, oh, that was a bit large, that was a bit silly, whether the writing or it's the acting, but I can't think of one Garrick or, or Andrew Robinson scene where he doesn't nail it, even when the dialogue it's, isn't that strong. Yeah. It's, I think he pitches is. a perfect game. And I think he's pretty much the only actor in Deep Space Nine. And this isn't an insult to anyone, because, of course, some of the scripts let you down, and other times you don't get time to prepare, whatever else. like And, you know, as I say, Sid's talked about it being one of their first acting jobs for a lot of them, actually. Um, but, yeah, he, he's flawless, I think. He is. He's brilliant. Um, so, yeah, back on the station then, the Romulans turn up, and at this point... When you're watching it the first time, you're like, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. We've got the Klingons, the Romulans, the Cardassians, the Dominion, the Federation. This is going to be the biggest battle you've ever wow, seen. In yeah, the Romulans life. showing up are just like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, but then this is where it all starts wrapping up. So on, at the prison, they escape and they get help from Princess Leia disguised as a bounty hunter well. who gets <laughs> disintegrated. There's a lovely ropey never, bit of CGI when uh, Changeling is trying to go into the sun and they. Uh, oh yeah, they we get, get there in a sec. Yeah. So, oh, so yeah, they get they manage to beam themselves out just in the nick of time, of course. Now, don't you think this is really fortunate that 
the Jemadar found them in the nebula. Mm. They beamed them off the runabout onto their ship, but they till, still took the trouble to track to beam the runabout all the way to this prison asteroid. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. living in orbit. It probably shouldn't have bothered with that, or maybe just turned it off when you got out so they couldn't reprogram uh, it. They, they were after it for military maybe secrets, and if you turn be- it off... Or maybe that, as soon as you beam them off, you blow up the runabout in the yeah. No, 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 no. They wanted it for all the Federation secrets held on a runabout. Also, and they didn't want to risk switching off, because otherwise, what if they can't find the on-switch again? Ooh. Also, if we're being really picky, runabouts only have two transporter pads, so they wouldn't have been able to beam them all up simultaneously. But, you know, let's not. And, you, and, you've got and, like, we, have the, and we have the lovely prison security that... By the 24th century, they haven't learned what a CCTV camera is. <laughs> yeah, the changelings don't bother cells. with that. <laughs> the only thing I can get around is the transporter thing. You can transport without a pad to receive. Like, oh, no, they're using their transporters, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're using, using the runabouts like... transporters. Anyway, yeah, I, it doesn't I, I, matter. It can beam it's, as many people as the plot requires at any given time. And the Jem'Hadar... As long as it's like... no more than two normally. Yes. <laughs> and much like when they got the Jem'Hadar ship, it's their first one about they didn't know how the off-switch worked. That's you know what? Thing. I'm going to explain it. It's only got two <laughs> things. So what it must have done is beamed everybody up and rematerialized them two by two so it kept them in the buffer and yeah nice. so that that's what happened that's why it's called a buffer there you go well, exactly and it's not safe usually to store them so it's only an emergency situation exactly. that's why you don't get this happening more often because otherwise you get yeah. bog DNA put into you but that doesn't happen for or you get a relics or you yeah. get a relics where you lose one of them so yeah the, then we get the the bit the, the, the changelings plan is going to fly into the sun blow up the sun it's going to wipe out everything right. good plan I have a question about this go on Dr. Bashir takes over the Yukon the yeah. runabout yeah and we see the crew slumped over consoles and on the floor mm-hmm. has he killed them or has he stunned them Oh, I don't know. Because if he killed them, wouldn't he have used the face just to disintegrate them? You'd have thought so. Well, um, I mean, he's just like so, whatever saying. So just, we have to assume uh, that. So, so my thinking is that these are only stunned. Mm-hmm. So these these Starfleet officers at the moment are asleep. Okay. On and they stay asleep on the runabout. All the way through the rest of this. <laughs> yeah, I can see no, where you're I, going with that. I, I'll give you that. I think uh, on the st- on the phaser, I, I think to disintegrate, you have to monkey with the settings to get disintegrated. Because basically, Starfleet weaponry is generally designed to stun or, or kill, but like with minimum, like what, you don't want to overdo it. I think uh, could you use the uh, could you use the uh, Cut a hole in there, a fixed stone wall setting to disintegrate Ooh, someone. You know, no, like that perfect. On, that only works on stone. <laughs> I think he just went in a hurry. He just like, like kill is probably one button, whereas to disintegrate. So we say that the dead. Oh, well, yeah, I think they're definitely dead. dead when it blows up. So <laughs> I just think he's being lazy, not disintegrating them. He's like, oh, the kill setting's <laughs> just there, just pow pow. Now, pew pew with them. Ow. Pointless bit of drama that they try and insert into this scene. Where they go, we'll never catch them in time. Wanna bet? Let's go up inside a solar system? (laughs) That's only ever been an issue in Star Trek The Motion Picture. And the reason it 
it is never mentioned again. It's because we see ships warping <laughs> away from a planet every single week. So it's just such a stupid thing to throw in there. Yeah, but, but it's never advised. They never do it because they the want reason, to. The only reason it was an issue in the motion picture is because they didn't have the warp intermix uh, ratio. There you go. Correct. So, so it's just such a stupid... <laughs> I mean, I read the fan theory on it, which was if you go warp in a solar system, there's a lot less margin for error because the planets and suns are clumped together and you're more likely to fly I'll into tell you one. What. I'll tell you what, you you watch this and Kiru is fucking good at this because... Dax goes in a soul system and Kira goes, if we don't do it, there will be no chance and she starts goes duh, 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 duh. <laughs> and it goes to warp. It didn't even Dax who takes them to warp. It's Kira just going duh, 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 duh. <laughs> and know, she duh, 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 stops bang on where the, sh- bang on where the runabout is. <laughs> I, I will also throw in that um, well, if you remember in the Next Generation episode, there's one where there's an eco episode where they go, oh, well, we'll have to watch. We won't go to oh, such yeah, a yeah. warp some future when we're ever else. And we will never mention this again in any Star Trek ever. Oh, it's forward. mentioned <laughs> once. About two episodes later, oh, they go, you've oh, yeah, got yeah, well, special permission well, to go faster yes, than exactly, warp Exactly, they mention it once, yeah. Exactly, well, never mention that, it again. Like, that's when uh, they also... Why Voyager had the thing where it had to have the funny warp engine. Yeah, there was... Warp, different warp field. Yeah, there was a, like, unofficial fan... Well, not a fan thing. It, 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 it was it, the reason it, given, but it, it's it never been carry on in canon for a while. Well, yeah. uh, there, w- there was one other thing I wanted to throw in just because I thought it was a neat bit of writing. They have the bit where they're trying to destroy the wormhole or at least close the wormhole's uh, entrance this side. Mm. And they say because of what they what uh changing Bashir as they don't know this time did um it made it stronger than ever so they can never do it again so it basically takes that piece off the board because otherwise yeah. there'd be so many episodes where you'd be crying but well why don't you just do that again it also says that it, not even a i can't remember the name of the chemical explosion yeah that's what i'm saying it now yeah. But that's also the chemical that he has in the runabout that he's headed into the sun uh, right. to cause so an explosion. This, so they had to do that first because otherwise the supernova might have closed the wormhole. Yeah. Oh, really tight. So, that's even better. So, yeah. So it, it, with this graviton thing that he's done, he's actually proved it against the explosion he's about to cause. So Dominion will still be able to come through to attack yeah. the rest of the... Alpha quadrant. See, this is this is the very anti of what I'm saying about the warp restrictions because basically they let that go in a hot minute. Like, okay, it sounds like they yeah. mentioned it a bit more than I, I had given credit for, but generally it's something they had to basically just ignore after a while. Yeah. Whereas this, I can't it, remember it's the name of what they say. It begins with T. Yeah, but I like it when they've got this ridiculous plan and it's like, it's one, there's, there's so many episodes where, well, why don't they just do that every time? Whereas this plots why you don't. Yeah, like it that. does. No, it's really well and, done. And yeah, that point by earlier, it's even better. Yeah, it makes that it about better. wraps up all the action then. So I was annoyed at the time we didn't get the big space battle, but we will get there. Um, but I wanted it this week anyway. <laughs> we get quite a lot of big space Patience. Do we'll Patience. get there. Well, it was quite, yeah, but we did get the we did get we did get the nice thing that without any treaties or anything though. 
the Romulans came and joined them. The That's Romulans are ready to Romulan, fight for the Alpha uh, Quadrant. I'm just going to say, look, I don't mind if they tease me, if they kind of work the nipples a bit, as long as they're getting there in the end and they don't send me go. It's like, oh, well, after that, we've got a business meeting. We better go. No, like Deep Space Nine delivers in the end. It does, but I didn't know that at the time. Anyway, doesn't matter. Did you see the cover of the VHS for this? It looked like they were a big battle. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so we wrap up and we finish with Cisco and Dukat and it's like just basically laying out the battle lines like i want this station back and that'll be paid off a lot quicker than we might have expected because that'll take us into the season finale which we are covering next week we're looking at in the cards and uh is it called not a call to arms is it called to arms yeah i think it is isn't it isn't there yeah. one before those no that's our next dominion ones Oh, I thought when I was looking earlier. Yeah, no, it goes, it literally jumps to end at sea. and I was looking at the other day and thinking, oh, I thought oh, I there was a lot was more thinking, than came up. Yeah, I think the one I was thinking of was there, there's two, the, uh, the Empire one, the one with um, Worf when he's combined with the ship. Oh, and Soldiers he, of the uh, Empire, that's more of a Klingon war. I don't know, they, it, it is a battle within the Dominion War. It's up to you guys. I just know how slavishly you covered on the one. Oh, okay, we'll debate I, this. I, but we'll debate oh, it off. this. Yeah, I'm just saying that that does feature a Dominion War. Uh, quick, I know we've got a few people still watching, so does anyone want us to cover Soldiers of the Empire? Comment now before Should we, we do end. so? Isn't Soldiers <laughs> of the Empire, though? I'm just looking it up now. Is it not the trying to find a Klingon ship that's gone missing? So are the Dominion even involved in that? Yeah, I think they're Oh, yeah, the Jem'Hadar. Okay, I forgot about the Jem'Hadar. I'm just saying, (coughs) considering one mention of the Dominion at the end of an episode meant you you featured it, if you were doing that previously, this would... (laughs) I I would sway on this. Go on, then. I'm good with that. Okay, bye. Next week's episodes then could be anything because I'm going to have to double check all of my workings. Because squeeze a dick. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, anyway, that'll do us for this week then. Uh, if We you... do have the nice part where Martok gets assigned to the station. Oh, yes, he does. Sorry, yeah, we briefly well, covered it. Uh, we, we, previously, we, we, we have the nice chat between Garrett and Annette and Cisco and the the Kinemur cards, it's all signed. And it's but Cisco gets to choose who's assigned and he goes Worf speaks very highly of General Yes, Martok. And that's the thing, it's like this would seem forced because they've only effectively actually met Martok this one time. Whereas like it, it was changing Martok before. Mm-hmm. However, the fact that you've given them this life or death situation that they quickly bonded over, it you've certainly had- works, which I really like. Yeah. It, yeah, you know, it to, doesn't seem forced that they've just said. We've oh, got well, a Klingon well. that Worf that Worf can can speak highly of that, and that talks highly because Worf's all about honour and. Yeah, but I'm I'm glad they're not um, leaning on the previous relationship they've had with Martok, which wasn't really Martok. No, it leans yeah, on its true. own weight, which is really good. It's really yeah, well scripted. Yeah, it's a complete reset. This is a new character. It's a, it, it looks exactly the same. It's the same actor. It might have a bit of an eye patch. She's got an eye problem. <laughs> I'm just throwing in that they're, they're under lesser writers. I think they would have just gone. It's like, well, you know him from seeing the, the changeling version. Whereas this, no, 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 it's completely different. 
It really yeah, good. This is all based on what? Yeah, yeah, it's well done. Just that's Okay, <laughs> so I've just been consulting the list. And yeah, well, there's, there's another episode we're going to have to do. Um, cool. I'm good for that. So we're gonna. Two parts it well. We will yeah. do ties of blood and water because that features the first appearance of the new Wayun, and also has Gul Dukat in it and Soldiers of the Empire. But thankfully, we will skip Ferengi love songs. Um, so we'll do that next week. If you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, we're at RetrekPod on Twitter. You can email us RetrekPod at gmail.com you can find all the videos on YouTube, along with Elliot's Retrek Model Studios, where you're working on... Is it the Ferengi I'm still show? working on... Yeah, I'm working on Quark's Treasures still. Uh, latest video went up on Monday, just gone. And I should have another one up this week. And if you need any imitation carpet felt for your miniatures... In brown... I am the man to talk to. <laughs> In the UK, I will send you a bag for free. There you go. So if that's what you need, Elliot's your man to speak to. Uh, what have we got coming up, Dr. Squee, on the Dr. Squee show? Can I just quickly say, I love it when we cover such niche stuff. It's like carpet for modelers in a particular shade. I know there's people who've been clamoring for that. That's what I love about it. Yeah, that. the problem Ian, is you can only Ian, buy it in Ian, bulk. And that's Ian, why yeah, it's yeah. got so much. Ian, normally I, I buy five grams at a time of a colour. And I had to buy 100 grams. I needed, oh, I saw. Less, I needed less than 0.1 gram. <laughs> It's just, it's just so delicious that there are so many people who that just isn't a thing to, but there'll be one person punching the air as they watch this video right now that you've got that. Anyway, uh, Dr. Scree Show, Tuesday, 6 to 8 on SW20radio.co.uk. Um, I've still got to release the, because I took a week off this week, uh, the Richard Ashton episode will be coming up next week. Character actor from um, such things as uh, The Fifth Element and loads of other great films and stuff. And uh, I should actually get my ass in gear and do some more interviews which uh, will be coming soon uh, go to also please go to uh, youtube.com slash dr squee for all the video interviews thank you excellent and thanks for trekking with us this time we will see you next time on the retrek thank you goodbye LLAP and drag off <laughs>